Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Win Today podcast. My name is Ryan Cass, and I am your host. This is episode number four, and our mission is to positively influence people to win today by connecting with amazing leaders and people with amazing stories. So I'm super happy to have a good friend of mine, Catherine Westenfeld, on board today. Catherine is the founder of her running coaching business, Chasing Unicorns. In addition to that, she has a full-time job as a market strategy analyst at AAR Corporation. Uh, Catherine is a highly accomplished runner. She has competed in the Boston Marathon, Berlin Marathon, and Chicago Marathon, continues to uh, beat her own personal records, and inspire a lot of people. Um, she's worked with over 60 clients now since 60 runners since starting her business and counting. So Catherine, super happy to have you on board. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your coaching business? Yeah, well, thanks Ryan for having me on. I'm excited to be here and to be chatting with you. Um, so like Ryan said, my name is Catherine Westenfeld. Um, I started Chasing Unicorns LLC back in uh, the end of 2018, um, started coaching athletes in 2019. So it's been about two years since I started my business and have been working with runners, coaching them to their own personal bests. Um, Ryan had asked me a little bit why about the name um, and why we call it, called it uh, Chasing Unicorns. So just to give a little background uh, for those who aren't as familiar with running, um, the unicorn is a symbol of the Boston Marathon. And the Boston Marathon is like the Olympics basically for amateur runners. So runners try to qualify for this big marathon. Um, we're never going to go to the Olympics, but we work really hard to try to qualify for this one event. And so I thought it would be really cool to name my business after something like that, where you're striving for achieving something that seems like it might be with a, out of the realm of possible, but we make it possible. Um, and so what are, whatever your unicorn is, that's really what I help um, with my runners, getting them to that point. I love it. And I want to talk a little bit about your running journey itself, um, because it's not like the first time you decided to run a marathon that you qualified for Boston. So, you know, how long have you been running? How did you get into it? And obviously now your, your times are highly competitive, got you into Boston and some of the majors, but that wasn't where you were when you first started. So what did that look like? Yeah. So I started running back in high school. I was a track and field and cross country athlete and middle, mid through high school. Um, I was on the varsity team, so I was decent. I wasn't, you know, the fastest runner, but I was always the one probably working the hardest on that varsity team to earn my place every week, um, to be in that top seven, there are seven runners that ran every week in a varsity cross country meet. So it's definitely working really hard. Um, and so I loved it. I loved that it was dependent on the team, you know, being there our best together, but it was also very individual and in that like I controlled my own destiny. So how, however hard I was willing to work, I was going to see the results. Um, so I really grew to love the sport. Then um, moving into college, I decided to go more the academic route than the athletic route. Um, I had some opportunities at some smaller schools to run, but 
really, you know, focused on um, academics, knowing that my long-term career wasn't going to be running, which is kind of funny seeing as though now I started our coaching business. So it did come back. Um, But at the time I was like, this isn't going to be, you know, my full-time gig. So I need to go get a good education. Um, So I went to the University of Illinois where I studied business and um, kept running throughout college. I I ran my first marathon as a freshman in college, which I don't necessarily recommend, but it was something that kept me, you know, motivated throughout school and uh, had me working pretty hard. Um, So I kept running throughout college. um, And then eventually with, I, I mean, I had this goal really throughout from when I ran my first marathon till later on that I wanted to qualify for Boston. Um, and I think that just came from being so ingrained in the sport and really wanting to work hard towards something and uh, be able to say that I did something that a lot of people can't do. Um, and so I kept working at that um, throughout college. Um, after school, um, I moved down to St. Louis, which is where I met Ryan, um, down working at Boeing. And continued running there to um, marathons, half marathons. And yeah, I mean, I've been running, I guess, now for over 12 years and I'm learning something new every day. But um, yeah, I guess from there, my journey was just working to continue to qualify for that race. And it took me like six years to do it. Um, but it's it's been awesome. Um, and I feel like once I accomplished that, like the world just kind of like, opened up in terms of like new goals that I could set for myself, um, which was really cool because for so long, I feel like I was limiting myself just based on one goal and wasn't really looking past what are other, what are other goals I can set for myself within the sport. Um, But now yeah, I've taken my marathon time down from a 410 at my first race all the way down to 307 most recently um, before those were all canceled. I was able to squeeze one out at the end of 2019. So yeah, it's been, it's been fun and I'm excited to, to keep working on it um, now that I'm so close to knocking on that door to sub three potentially. Yeah, well, it's definitely coming. This just makes me think of, you know, you talked about limits and obviously you and I are both familiar with uh, the runner I'm about to mention, Elliot Kipchoge. Uh, for those who don't know Elliot Kipchoge, he broke the sub two hour marathon barrier and my favorite quote from him is, you know, no human is limited. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's easy to put limits on ourselves. And especially, you know, it, some things don't come immediately. I mean, you've been working for years and, you know, now you've got your Boston, you qualified for Boston. And now, now it's a matter of, okay, how low can I go? Um, I got no doubt that you're going to break sub three. I mean, you're eight, seven minutes. Yeah. Seven minutes away. So it's coming. <laughs> Um, but really, so I want to focus on the mindset piece for a little bit, because uh, a lot of folks that listen in on the podcast are always curious about how they can improve their mindset. How can sports kind of translate into your personal and professional life? So just how has running and training for all these years really improved your mindset and benefited you, uh, professionally? Yeah, it's a, there's a lot of things. Um, I think the first one that I could touch on is it's taught me to have a growth mindset. Um, and what I mean by that is um, being able to look at like the uh, the big picture, but um, see where you know where you want to go, but being okay with failing. Um, and I think that that's 
a, a really big lesson that running has taught me is how to pick yourself up after you've failed and that it's okay to fail. Um, at least in running, it's, if I'm hitting my workouts week after week and I never hit a roadblock, I'm probably not training hard enough. I shouldn't be hitting the wall like every workout, but I should at least be pushing myself to the edge at sometimes and not hitting, hitting the goal. Cause that's how you get better, right? You have to push yourself beyond where you've been before to get better. And so sometimes that does result in, you know, a fail, um, if we call it a fail, um, or, you know, not hitting your paces and translating that kind of to the real world. Um, it's really hard. I think coming out of college, we're so taught, like we're taught that we're supposed to be achieving certain grades and we're held to that standard. Right. And to take a risk, maybe it's taking it, taking a class you thought would be too challenging. You decided not to take that class because the risk there was that you might fail and you might impact your GPA. And so we're just taught like from such an early age, like to not go after the risky things, to not push, to push ourselves, but not to the point where like, you know, in, in school it's, it's on that letter grade system. And um, so I think we're so risk averse when we come out of school. And so when we do, you know, hit a roadblock in our first job and it, it's tougher than we think it is. And maybe we don't hit the marks on the assignment um, or the project that we're given. We kind of shut down. So we don't know how to deal with failure. Um, and, and so that's one thing that running's taught me is it's okay to fail, but you need to figure out, you know, how to improve from there. But if we don't fail, we don't grow. And so that's been a big one for me and having people in my corner who are okay with me making a mistake as long as I'm learning from it um, and not, you know, yelling at you or punishing you for that, but using it as a teachable moment. Um, so that's been one, um, I guess with another with mindset is how to set goals. Um, we hear about like smart goals a lot in the professional setting. I use those same, that same philosophy with my athletes when I'm training them um, for a race. So setting, you know, very specific goals, um, this is the long-term goal and, but we're going to set like very tangible goals to lead up to that. Um, so that, that would, I'd say be another one and learning to celebrate the little milestones on the way to the big goal. Cause if you're only focused on the end outcome, you're going to miss a lot of what's in the middle. Um, and, and that's true in your career too. If you're only focused on a promotion or getting to a certain level, you're going to miss out on a lot of great opportunities. Um, in the mid, like in intermediary years between that. Um, so learning to appreciate that and celebrate those small goals, um, on your way to the bigger goal. Mm -hmm. I love the goals and goal setting, uh, as you know, and as listeners know, it's my favorite topic and I'm <laughs> glad you brought it up. So you talked about celebrating small wins and, you know, with, with your athletes, um, can you give some example, like an example of what that, what does that look like? Yeah. Um, so uh, let's see. Probably the best example I can give is I'll have a runner come in to me and tell me they want to qualify for Boston. It's a common one. And I think it's great. I'm, you know, I'm going to be your hype person for that. I'm going to be really excited for you, but we're going to have to take an honest look at where you're at like currently. And so maybe this person is 30 minutes off of Boston qualifying time. Do I think it's possible for them to achieve it? Absolutely as long as we're, you know, making sure we have enough time to get there. So I like to set 
smaller goals with them along the way. So initially it's, you know, let's, let's work on your half marathon time and let's get your half marathon time to a pace that's equivalent to that full marathon pace for Boston. Um, and so once you're running that comfortably, okay, let's, let's then set a new goal and we're going to try to work on maybe your farthest distance you've ever been. Um, and so being able to break it down like that for the athlete to see that, like, I see you, your goal is important, but we need to break this down so that we can get there safely, um, injury free. And you're going to be a lot happier too. (laughs) when you feel like you're achieving these little goals along the way. Um, yeah, I'd say that's probably a, a big one that I work with my athletes on is, um, set. I love when people set big audacious goals. I think it's great. Um, and we want to keep that in mind, but let's focus also on the more short term. Like what can we do to set you up for that success to get there? So, and then how does that look like for you? I mean, you're, you're at a three Oh seven marathon time now. Sub three is, is in your sights, obviously. So are you kind of, do you have it broken down to where, okay, Hey, maybe it's, I need to hit three Oh three or how, how does that work? Cause I, I love what you talk about. Just the key message here, regardless of if it's running or your professional career, whatever it is that you may be passionate about. Um, we, it's easy to think about the big picture, but again, it's the small steps that really get you there. So talk about your sub three journey, kind of what, what are you looking at now? Yeah, well, it's funny because if you would have asked me a few years ago if I'd ever be thinking about a sub three marathon, I would have probably told you absolutely not. Like that's not <laughs> possible. And so for me, I'm like still trying to wrap my head around the fact that, you know, now it's actually reality and it's something it's, I'm working on. happening, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's another lesson is like when you kind of take the pressure off yourself, like big things can happen too. Um, but anyway... Um, for me, it's now it's like those seven minutes are the difference between, you know, being a three hour marathoner and being a two X marathoner. And while it's not really all that different on paper, it means, you know, a lot to a lot of us. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think right now it's like, I'm, I'm recognizing that as I get faster, it's even harder to take off even a couple minutes. Um, and so my, my goal is probably within the next year, I'd like to run closer to 303, 305. Um, and then, you know, go after that sub three, like make my first attempt at it probably next year in like 2022. Um, right now I'm, I've realized though, that in order to get faster at the marathon distance, sometimes it means getting really uncomfortable with other things that are weaknesses of mine. So for me, that's speed work. Um, so I've done like a lot of 5k cycles recently doing a half marathon specific focus cycle right now And that quick speed, like that turnover is, is very tough for me. Um, I don't have natural ability, I'd say with like the fast twitch muscles. And so it's learning to, you have to put yourself in uncomfortable situations in order to grow sometimes. Um, and so that's really what I'm focusing on right now in order to, propel myself to that next level. And in doing so, you've started incorporating a lot more weight training and strength work, right? I mean, that's not something you focused a ton on in the past. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely part of it. Um, I realized that I needed to stress my body in a different way because our bodies are smart. And if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, um, they're going to adapt and 
they're not going to grow anymore. And so it's kind of like shocking your system, like introducing a new variable into the equation. So I added the lifting piece um, for that reason. Then also just to avoid injuries, I had been dealing with like some hamstring problems like year after year. And every time I'd go, the chiropractor would tell me like, your hips are weak and you need to start lifting. I'm like, eh, okay, whatever. Like, I don't want to get bulky. <laughs> obviously like and not necessarily bulky but it's it's made a huge difference in my training now <laughs> so how many days a week are you running right now and how many miles per week are you running right now because it's gonna it's gonna lead into what i'm gonna ask you here in a sec but yeah what's that look like sure yeah so right now um so i'm like i said i'm training for a half marathon yeah. so i run six days a week um Probably my weekly mileage is right around like 40 to 50, 45 to 50 miles per week. Um, and I'll probably peak around 55 or so in the next couple of weeks. So six days a week, 40 to 55 ish miles. That means that you're spending and obviously mixing in different types of runs every day. Um, you're spending several hours a week grinding and just running. And on top of that, you're working full-time mm-hmm. do, you do on the days when you don't want to train. Like, do you have a, a certain thing you tell yourself? And, and I think that this is also really important too, because we wake up every day. We all have to go to, you know, we, we all go to work and we all, you know, we want to be fit, take care of our bodies. Some of us want to compete um, or do things in the community. And there's just days where you're like, man, i really don't want to do this, but if I'm going to run that sub three or qualify for Boston or whatever the case may be, this has to happen. So how do you get yourself out of the funk? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and I get that question a lot, even from my own athletes, um, or or other runners that reach out to me. And, um, I think it it is having that long-term goal in mind. That's what gets me out the door every day. Um, there I can't sit here and tell you that every single day I'd wake up super excited to go for a run (laughs) that the weather's really gross out or I'm really sore from like lifting the day before. And I know it's not going to be the most enjoyable run. Um, But if I'm, if I'm not injured, I will say that anytime I've gotten back from a run, I'm always happy about it. I've never been sad once I've gotten back. So I keep that in mind. Um, but it's really just having that long-term goal in mind and knowing that making these little deposits into the bank every day um, are going to add up to something pretty special later on. That's when you, you know, you take your, your deposit. I, I like using like that analogy of the, you know, I'm making little deposits into like a little piggy bank every, every day that I get out there. And then at the end, when it's the race, I'm able to withdraw that and, <laughs> and go for go for my goals. So um, yeah, I think that's just really what, what gets me out the door is the, the long-term goal and knowing that taking shortcuts isn't going to get me there any faster. Yeah. I like that. The, the piggy bank, um, analogy, I might have to steal that from you, but, but no, you're <laughs> absolutely right. So, but thinking about the bigger picture and the goals, do you have it written down somewhere or do you have a, a picture of, you know, a sub three marathon time in your house? Like what, you know, or how are you? Obviously it's in your head, but is it also written down somewhere, just somewhere in your house? Yeah. Um, I actually keep a note on my phone. Um, so every year I set 
I set my goals and intentions for the year. And obviously things fluctuate throughout the year. I might add things to it or readjust as I see fit. But I use that notes app on the iPhone. Um, and that's where, where I have it um, on there right now. It's And so it's there. I can look back on it. Um, I know some people do the post-it on their mirror um, and things like that. But for me, it's just, I, I know like in my mind what I'm working towards. Um, and that's usually an, enough for me. Um, so I'm not, not big on like, you know, putting it all around, but everyone's different and what works for them. Um, and so that's going to motivate you to get out the door seeing that, like totally recommend it. Um, I think I've gotten to the point now where I'm a little bit more like intrinsically motivated. So, um, works different. (laughs) What, What was it like, Catherine, when you finally did qualify for, for Boston and that big picture then became a reality, like what race was it? And what do you remember? I mean, did you get emotional? Talk, talk through that. Yeah. Um, so I, um, back in, let's see, what year is this now? 2018. Um, I was, um, I got into the Berlin marathon, um, in the lottery and I was really excited about that because it's known as a really great flask flat and fast course. Um, and you mentioned Elliot Kipchoge. Um, he actually ran the same year I did and set the world record at the time. So fast course. Um, so I, I got into that race and, um, I realized, you know, up training to that point, I kind of hit a plateau in my training. Um, I had worked my way down from that 410 down to a 338. And for me, Boston qualifying was 330. So I was close, but I just wasn't able to get past a certain point anymore on my own. And so I reached out for help. Um, and that's when I hired my own running coach, um, coach Jessica of sugar runs. And she, um, you know, took me, uh, took my training really to the next level. And we worked together from January all the way up to that first, um, that marathon, um, in Berlin in September. And it was the hardest training I've ever done in my life. Um, up to that point, um, I was running more than I ever had. I think I hit 65 miles in a week, which was a weekly like mileage PR for me. So I was really putting in a lot of good work. Um, but it, it really took like having someone push me outside of my comfort zone, um, looking at my training, making smart choices for me, like based on, how my data was coming through with, with my training, um, having that outsider perspective was really invaluable to me. Um, up to that point, I was coaching myself. And I think there's something to be said for, you know, working with yourself and getting you to a certain point, but at, at some point we, we all need help. Um, and I got a point where I had probably maximized my own resources of what I knew. Um, and so she was able to take me to that next level and, uh, running Berlin, um, it was honestly the most hectic race I've ever run in my life. Like it was incredibly busy. Um, so crowded. I didn't really have space to run until about a half marathon into it. And so I was pretty nervous that it wasn't all going to materialize, but, um, I stuck to my pace the whole time. Um, and it really wasn't until mile 23 that I actually like felt fatigued. So I was really just running on this high of like adrenaline and the crowds. And I realized though at 23, when I started to hurt that like I was going to do it. And it was really just up to me at that point, like how much more under this BQ time am I going to get? 
and ended up crossing the line in a 328. And I remember just like tearing up. Yeah. (laughs) At that time, um, it was about seven minutes under the qualifying time. At this time, it was like a 335. They've since reduced that. Um, But I knew I was in for uh, Boston the next year. And I remember like these strangers, like, asking me why I'm crying and I'm like, I qualified for Boston. And it was just, it was super emotional. Heck yeah. 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 It was amazing. It was, yeah. I will never forget that. <laughs> That's awesome. So you hit on two things for, I want to touch on one. Uh, the first thing you, so you got yourself to the point, you know, you realized, okay, I'm, I'm, I've done everything I can on my own. I need to bring someone in, um, kind of like a, a coach or that I think it's really important that, everybody has at least somebody, whether it's a a coach or a mentor, a close friend, someone that, you know, is in their corner um, to help them achieve their goals or really it it could be anything, uh, just be there for them as a personal and or professional resource. So in in addition to your um, coach, you know, do you use mentors and have they been, if they've influenced your running journey or any in any way or this could also be professional as well yeah so I guess going back to my coach herself um so Jessica's actually been a mentor to me as I've started my own business um so when I was taking my coaching certification class she reached out to me and asked if I would be interested in joining her team um, as a coach so um, I actually do coach on her team um um, as a running coach, that's where all my athletes are. And, um, so she's been a really great mentor for me and as to like how to run this type of business, cause it's, it's a lot different than some other fields. Um, and so she, she's really taking her, um, me under her wing for, um, that side, not only as like an athlete, but also as a coach. Um, yeah, I think it is really important to have people who are willing to, um, you know, work with you and develop you. Um, every year I've had a mentor at work as well. Um, whether that be someone I directly work with or that's someone outside of my own business unit, giving me a new perspective. Um, I think it's important to surround yourself with diverse, um, uh, diverse, uh, ways of thinking and mm-hmm. yourself out of, you know, thinking the same way, um, so that you grow as a person too. Um, and a lot of times like you, you take on a mentor and um, then you're able to share with others as, as a mentor to some mentees. Um, and so it's giving back to that's been important to me um, after I've, you know, used had mentors of my own, I feel like I need to give back to. And so I do that with some newer coaches that come on now and um, uh-huh. reach out to me, even, even though I'm never going to see a dollar probably from that, it's, you know, it's just helping others because at the end of the day, if we're all, like the better each of us are, like the better off, like the whole, um, the whole field's going to be, and we're going to be uplifting each other. Yeah. And that's something you can't, I mean, you said it, like you can't necessarily quantify the impact of it, but you know, Catherine, there's probably someone that is saying something similar to what you just said. So, Hey, without Catherine, you know, I wouldn't be where I'm at today with my running coaching and you can't assign a dollar value to that. Um, and I think it's awesome that you're now using that to pay it forward and give back. I'm going to go back to one more piece before we get into the running business. You mentioned Berlin mile 23. Mm -hmm. You're feeling fatigued. 
And, and this happens to like, you know, with workouts, uh, running workouts, especially, um, I know this feeling all too well where you're like, damn, you know, a few more miles. I start saying some things to myself, but I'm, <laughs> you know, what are you telling yourself at when you hit those, I, I call it, you know, when the demons are there, what do you yeah. say? Is, is there something you say or something that yeah. you, you do? I'm always curious to see what different athletes say. Yeah, I think it's common in endurance sports to have like mantras that you use. And I oftentimes have like a different mantra for each race um, that um, that I use. And at the time, the mantra that um, I was using uses the F-bomb. So I'm not going to say it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, you. (laughs) So I was repeating that in my head. one of my friends had before the race, she had said like, Catherine, you like, you need to go throw the F down. And so in my mind, I hit wild 23 and I'm like, okay, this is what she told me. Like, <laughs> Let's go. Like, this is what it hurts. This is what it counts. And so uh, I, and if you know me, I really don't swear. So the fact that that is true. Yep. She does, going not, through she my head, yeah, like, she does not curse. No, I really don't. <laughs> so yeah. So this, that's what pulled me through those last few miles. Um, and, and just, you know, also positive self-talk too. Like, um, you know, it's three miles is nothing compared to what you've done in all this training, like up to that point and hundreds and hundreds of miles. And so three miles is what stands between me and the BQ. Like, okay, let's keep, sometimes it's as simple as like one foot in front of the other, like just repeat yeah. that over and over. But yeah, it's always some spicy mantras in there too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I definitely have some in my arsenal that uh, will not be repeated right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's really only it comes out when you're in the moment. So yeah. not, not something you hear like at the grocery store. <laughs> no, 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 no. And yeah. Not something I use typically outside <laughs> I guess I have this other like persona that comes out when I'm competing. Versus- I mean, you're, you're in the moment, you know, you're, yeah. you're going after something. So, yeah. you know, like I said, I'm, I'm going after the, my qualifier here in a few weeks and I, God knows what's going to be coming out of my mouth, but Hey, it's in the moment. Yeah. So, um, yeah, exactly. I want to segue into business now, since we've kind of been dancing around it a little bit, but you know, I think what we just covered there was some great, uh, mindset tips and really how um, running or just really anything, any sort of physical challenge can can benefit us uh, greatly in our personal and professional lives. So there there are some parallels and um, and it's really important to to push yourself, uh, especially I think in something physical because the benefits uh, expand far beyond just being able to run faster. Um, I think it. It helps with your um, just overall, we call it mental resilience for a lot of other difficult things that happen in life, such as uh, the whole world being shut down. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but going into business, so you started chasing unicorns. You officially launched that. What was that 2017, 18? Yeah, it was the end of 2018. Really, 2018. the 2018 is when I got really started. And was your why, Catherine, just because, hey, this is what I'm really passionate about? Or, you know, what was your, yeah, what was your why? 
Yeah. Um, I, so I had always known that I wanted to get into coaching in some capacity. Um, and so when I was in high school, I actually thought I was going to be a teacher for a while. And so I always thought like I would go coach like high school cross country and track. Um, and at that time it was because my coaches, um, had such a big impact on my life. Like they changed the trajectory of my life. Like I, without this sport, I think things would be a lot different. Um, and so I wanted to give that confidence back to, you know, younger, younger athletes. Um, obviously my path changed. I ended up going to business school. So coaching in a high school really wasn't an option anymore. Um, some people make it work, but right now where I'm at in my career, I can't just leave work at two o'clock to go coach at 3 PM. <laughs> doesn't work that way. So, um, I, with my eyes are really open to the world of coaching, um, adults, um, like adult amateur runners. Um, when I was training for my own races and I started following different runners on Instagram, um, and realized that like, this is actually like a really big deal. And, um, I felt like I had experience, um, that I could share from a variety of places, whether that be from a place of, uh, high school track and cross country where it's with that speed and what it means to be a part of a team all the way up through running marathons um, and knowing the work that goes into that. So I felt like I had that depth. Um, and, and so I went and I took my coaching certification class um, in October of 2018, um, had to go through um, several days of training, take a, an exam, get CPR first aid certified, um, to be able to coach. And that's really kind of where that started. Um, really was having in my mind, knowing I wanted to do this, but not knowing how it was going to materialize until later on. Um, and I'm so glad that adults like myself want coaches because I think it's great. And I think everyone like deserves to have someone who's cheering for them and working hard for them to get them to their goals. Um, and supporting them. So uh, yeah, really, really happy to be in the space where I am now. Yeah, no. And I love looking at your content and, um, you know, it motivates me every time I see it. So, and it's, yeah, just know there's uh, and I'm, and you've grown a pretty big base. I want to say what you're just under 5,000 now, 5,000 followers. <laughs> like that yeah not yeah. that you keep count maybe you do but but what i'm getting at here is you know you start I, rem I remember when you started it from scratch and then just started sharing information about your runs um when you first started it and the reason for my question is because a lot of folks that listen you know are around our age or they're you know younger mid-career professionals that are thinking about starting a side hustle and might be afraid or not know what they're doing or how they're, you know, how to do it. Did you feel like you were, you, that you knew what you were doing right off the bat or just, Hey, let's just see what happens and, and start working. Yeah. I think that's where having like a mentor came in um, because she was able to help me like um, with kind of how to structure things in terms of, you know, what's the weekly cadence of how do I work? Um, but there, I mean, there were, it, there was a learning curve, right. Of trying to balance this with, um, a full-time job and also my own running goals on top of, um, also wanting to spend time with my husband and my family and friends. Um, and so there was that learning curve of like, how do I balance all of this and still do everything well, but, um, balance it. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, it's, I think you, if you keep waiting though, until there's like the perfect moment, you're, you're going to be waiting forever. So that's one tip I would give to people is if you're thinking about doing something like starting your own business, um, jump in with, with both feet and, and, you know, you're, you're going to have to, it's, it's not a sink or swim thing, but you're going to find your way. Um, and there's going to be roadblocks, but, um, you're, you're going to overcome them, um, by having good people in your corner that you can lean on for advice. Um, asking for help is big. Um, if you feel like you're overwhelmed, reaching out, just extending an arm to someone who can help lift you up while you're feeling overwhelmed is big. Um, so having people you can do that with, um, but just, yeah, I mean, for me, I'd say the financial piece is another one that people I think are afraid of is the, what if, you know, what if this fails? Um, and it might like you, we don't know. Um, so to be smart with how you're spending your money, if you're having to invest money into a business, like you need to be smart from the get go on that, but, um, learning to take the failures as they come and, and work through those. Um, fortunately for me, it wasn't too crazy of a startup process. There aren't a whole lot of fixed costs or anything with being an online running coach. So my business model's a little different some, than some others that, you know, might be investing into brick and mortar spaces and whatnot. Um, but yeah, just willing to take the risk. And um, I know you had asked me at one point about imposter syndromes. So maybe we'll get into that, but yeah, not to to be afraid if you don't have the biggest following. Um, know what your worth is and what you bring to the table and really hone those strengths and be confident um, because that confidence is going to come through with what you're doing. And if you have the passion, no one can take that away from you either. Yeah, well, since you, since you brought it up, um, you know, and a common fear that I think what stops a lot of folks from starting their own business, whether it's running, coaching, anything, some, whatever they're passionate about, um, is that imposter syndrome. Like, oh, well, I'm not a former Olympic runner or, mm-hmm. you know, even, even for me, like with my coaching business, you know, I'm not a, a Tony Robbins or someone that has coached executives for, for years. So what the heck, who the heck am I to go start my own coaching business? Like, what do you know? Um, did you ever have those fears and, and, you know, how did you overcome those or just what do you say to someone that has those thoughts in their mind? Yeah. Well, I think the one thing to ground yourself in is that everyone starts somewhere. And so all these people that we look up to, they started from the bottom too, and they worked their way up. Um, and their paths might look different than ours, but everyone has a starting point. Um, and so while we might be, you know, relatively unknown at the time, that doesn't mean that's how it's going to be forever. Um, but if you have, I think it's important to remember your why, like, why are you doing this? What do you think you bring to the table? Um, and if you're able to, to remind yourself of that and feel confident in who you are, um, and what you have to offer, like, don't sell yourself short. Cause like you, we all have skills that we bring, to the table and the different fields that we're in. Um, for me, coaching, a lot of like the other coaches that I saw um, in, in the market, um, they're, they've started running later on, which is awesome. Um, but that's one perspective. I mean, there might be some Olympians who are coaching other athletes, but they might not be able to dedicate the time to people like me. Um, if, if I'm going to have them as a coach, they might not be able to have that time of really getting to know me and 
getting to know my goals um, just because their training uh, schedules demand a lot more of them. Um, and so for me, I knew I was really good at relationships um, and forming relationships with people, like good, deep relationships. Um, and I thought that was unique um, because not everyone is good with that. Um, I had the experience of you know, having run for over 12 years in a variety of events and some people jump right into the marathon. And so they skip out on a lot of the shorter distances and they don't know about those and how much they can actually help in some of those longer distance events. Um, so just really knowing what you bring to the table and um, how your skills will translate, I think is important. Um, but yeah, believing in yourself, it's really important. <laughs> and you'll hear everyone say that, but just, just remind yourself of that when it can be scary and not getting caught up in the numbers. Like you mentioned Instagram followers and like, I think it's, you know, it's good. It shows that like people are interested in what you have to say, but I think it's important to keep being authentic and putting out what's important to you. Um, and that's what I try to do on my page. Everything I post is going to be from my heart and not what I think people want me to say. And if they don't resonate with it, that's okay. They don't have to follow me, but I think you'll, you'll find the people that do resonate with it become your biggest fans too. And that's important. I'm one of your biggest fans for sure. I love what you say, <laughs> you know, know, know your, know what you bring to the table and yeah. Tony Robinson become Tony Robbins on day one or even Elliot Kipchoge didn't break the two hour marathon on the first try. So, uh, we all, you know, work our way up and, and, uh, accomplish these milestones, but it takes time. So, and you have to start somewhere. Um, you mentioned balance before. So, and just a reminder of, and I sometimes scratch my head of how the heck do you do this? Because you have a full-time job, you spend countless hours a week, on your own doing your runs. Um, you have your athletes that you're working with. And on top of that, you know, being a, a awesome wife to, to Ross and then keeping in touch with family and friends. How does someone balance all of that? <laughs> and are you adjusting that formula often? You know, talk, talk through that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so it's, it's hard. I think to be honest, like COVID has sort of been a blessing to me because it's made me have to take a step back and evaluate what's important. Um, and I have a lot more flexibility right now that I'm working from home. And I think I've realized that like having all these things that are important in my life, everything going on, having, being able to work from home is awesome because I have the flexibility to fit things in when I want to versus when I'm in the office, it's I'm there from, you know, nine to six or whatever it is. And there's no room for being flexible with that. Like maybe I can get out for a lunch run at the office, but other than that, like I can't take athlete calls when I'm at the office and things like that. But when I'm home, it's like, I can, if I take an athlete call at 3 PM, I can work a little bit later at home. It's not a big deal. Um, on my full-time job. So, um, yeah, it's definitely been a learning process. Um, I think when I go back, it'd be nice to be able to keep a couple virtual days if possible, because it's made my life a lot better. Cause up until that point, 
I was getting to the point of probably burnout from everything going on. Um, so I've had to learn how to readjust things. Like if my goal is to grow my business, I think my focus has to be more on that versus maybe my own training. So maybe in that time, I'm taking an off season myself. Um, so I'm not training as hard um, for a specific like result or result goal. Um, I'll still run, but maybe I'm not training for a specific time like that sub three um, during that time. So I think everything just, everything has to like, everything can be prioritized, but not everything can be prioritized at the same time and just recognizing that. And um, you have to make sacrifices and um, depending on the seasonal life you're in, that's going to look different. Like it's possible you have some family things come up and that needs to take priority over some of the other things. So being able to be flexible and adjusting, but realizing that we can't all give a hundred percent in a million different things. Um, so you have to be smart in where you're choosing to spend your time or else you'll, your own happiness is going to be sacrificed at the end of that. And that's not worth it to me. Um, and I don't think any of that's worth it to anyone else listening um, right. to, to sacrifice that. So mm-hmm. yeah, flexibility. <laughs> it's big. Before we started the conversation, um, you were talking about just going back to the mindset piece real quick and just developing yourself. Um, you mentioned you learn a lot from books. You take away a lot from books. Has there been one or some that have really helped you out throughout this journey or things that you go back, you know, material from certain books that you go back to when maybe you're in a challenging time or getting off balance that, yeah, talk, talk through that. Yeah. So I, it's funny you mentioned that because I actually sent a text to my sister this afternoon that I need to go reread this other book that I had read a few <laughs> called um, Let Your Mind Run by Dina Castor. It is a running book. So I'm sorry for those of you who aren't <laughs> runners, but I do think there's a lot of lessons from it that can be applied even if you're not in sports. Um, and so basically it's a big book on mindset, um, and how mindset can affect our outcomes. Um, and so I, I had a tough workout this morning and, um, it was my mind that failed me, which can be the case. Sometimes it wasn't my body. It was my mind. So, um, it's, it's definitely worth reading if you guys have the chance to do that. Um, so that would be one. Um, I'm trying to think of, you know, more professional books that I've read recently. Um, I've been reading a lot of books that are like fictional lately because I've been wanting a little bit of an escape from um, the everyday. But um, yeah, I would say that that's probably the one I go back to the most. Um, Peak Performance is another great, great book too. Um you may have heard of that one. I'm not sure if you read that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm familiar with that one. Okay. Another like mindset and physical like type book. Um, yeah. Say those I'm, are- I'm reading Steve Prefontaine's book right now. I figure it's perfect timing before the marathon coming up. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. And, and for, again, folks that don't know Steve Prefontaine, um, legendary, track and field runner from back in the day that was he was more so known or sorry just as known for his mindset as he was for being an amazing runner so again a lot of what we're talking about here um you know we've hit on running a lot but how more so how uh, running or physical activity challenging yourself physically 
uh, improves your your mindset and just your character and who you are. And again, it it, it <clears throat> expands much more. It expands uh, into your personal and professional life as well. So, uh, Catherine, I really loved learning more about you. Uh, there's some things just from this conversation that obviously I've known you for a while, but um, you know, new things that I did not know. So that was awesome. And I think that, you know, our uh, listeners certainly benefited from uh, just learning more about your story and how you've come from, you know, running your first marathon in over four hours. And now you're approaching the sub three milestone. Uh, you've built a really an awesome brand and you're only going to continue growing that uh, all while, um, again, maintaining your family life and doing your own personal training, working full time. Is there anything else that you want to uh, leave listeners with today or any tips, uh, final pieces of advice? Yeah, um, I would say like it's important to set goals that you say you talk about about that a lot on the podcast. Um, but dream really, really big. Um, I think that's the biggest one is let your minds, you know, explore so many different options for yourself and like, don't settle, but dream, just keep dreaming big and you never know what's going to happen. Um, you can set plans to get to that big dream, but just trusting in yourself and, um, knowing what you're capable of and recognizing that, um, the sky's the limit really with <laughs> what you can accomplish, uh, no matter where you are, whatever stage you are in your career, your sport, your life. Um, it's never too late to try something new and, uh, to do that thing that, you know, you may have been putting off or think you, maybe you're not qualified to do just, just try like, what's, what's the worst that's going to come out of that. Um, yeah. So I'd say just keep, keep dreaming big and, um, feel free to reach out to me if you ever want to chat about anything running or goal related, always happy to, happy to lend a hand. <laughs> yeah. So for, for listeners, um, what is the best way to uh, keep in touch with your journey and just stay up to date with everything you've got going on? Yeah. So you can follow me on Instagram. Um, my handle's at, uh, Katherun 26.2. It's just a play on words with my name, Catherine. Um, <laughs> So um, that's probably the best way to to keep uh, track of what I'm up to. Um, or you can check out my blog, my website at chasingunicorns262.com. Um, but yeah, that's probably the best way to get a hold of me. And I try to respond to people pretty quickly. So always happy to chat um, if you reach out. I love it. Yeah. And, and it, again, I love seeing your stories every day. And there's been times where I've been not so excited to go on a run and or or hit a training session and I see you posting something I'm like okay well Catherine's getting after it so you know it it's been an added uh, I yeah it's not something that I every now and then I'll shoot you a note but um more often than not or more often than you know you know I pull a lot of motivation from the things you post so uh, I really appreciate everything that you do Catherine and um, you know, I, I believe that our listeners will definitely, uh, be able to draw a lot of motivation from, from this podcast today and have learned a lot from you. So, uh, folks dream big, focus on your mindset 
And if you have an idea or something that you've been wanting to start for a while, just go ahead and give it a shot. Um, there's, you never know if you don't go and, and uh, give something a shot and pursue your passion. So Catherine, thank you so much again. Thank you all for tuning in. Win today. Have a great day. Thank you.